with this collection. And uh, what the uh, baseball world gave away in 1871, I imagine the collection of cards must have cost a few pennies. I remember in the early 70s when I wanted to buy a pack of baseball cards, they cost about 15, 20 cents or so. So I don't know what they cost in 1871, but it was less than that, I'm sure. Uh, so what the baseball world gave away in 1871 for nothing, from our perspective today, is very valuable indeed, isn't it? And our passage here in Ephesians 4 speaks of some gifts that, are, that really amount to nothing in the world's estimation, which are very valuable from God's eternal perspective. And millennia from now, when we look back, and we try to understand the value of the gifts of this passage, we will be amazed at how valuable they truly were. And I think the challenge for our church here this evening is to understand that value better now, to not have to wait till then to really see what it is that God has done in giving us the gifts that are mentioned here. Uh, verse 11 lists these gifts. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastor teachers uh, or shepherds and teachers. So those are the gifts. I think uh, we can learn from Ephesians 2.20. We won't take the time to go there. But the first uh, set of gifts, the prophets and the uh, apostles were foundational to the church, and they gave us the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, their prophetic gifts without the New Testament were very important to the early church. But the evangelists and the pastor teachers now are the ongoing gifts that God has given to his churches, and it is their duty to take the New Testament, now the complete Bible, and to preach and teach it, uh, proclaim it to God's church. So my charge for our local church here this evening, on this happy occasion of the ordination of our brother Craig Brunson, is that we appraise this gift, Craig and Abby and his family, correctly from heaven's perspective. I want us to think about the true value of the gift of this brother and his family as God sees it and as, as his word has clearly appraised it here in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to say three things from the passage in this regard. Number one, we need to greatly value this gift, Craig and Abby, because the giver has been very generous. The giver has been very, very generous. Look at verses 7 through uh, 10 with me again. And we learn that Christ is the giver here. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. This is Christ's gift. Christ is the giver. Therefore, it says, it referring to the scripture, when he ascended on high, Paul there is uh, using the pronoun he to refer back to Christ, speaking of how Christ gave this gift. And he's quoting Psalm uh, 68 as he does so. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. 
In saying he ascended, Paul goes on to say, what does it mean but that he also had descended into the lower regions, that is, the earth? So Paul is telling us what the psalm does not, that in order for the God of the psalm to ascend on high, he's going to have to come down first. And then he can ascend up. Uh, You can't ascend on high when you're already up there, in other words. This is what Paul is saying. You know, one of the things that made the collection of that 1871 uh, set of baseball cards so valuable is that it included a letter from the team. The team had gone down to Washington uh, for a game or a series or something, and they had been rained out, and so they basically had nothing to do all day, but they decided to write a letter to the lady who ran their boarding house back in Boston, and uh, it was just a letter of appreciation. And so they all wrote a few lines, and uh, then they signed their name. And so you have the Wright Brothers' signatures on this thing with their uh, letter of appreciation uh, to uh, this lady, and you've got uh, also Al Spaulding's signature. Uh, So this collection is very, very valuable in part because these very important people wrote this letter that was given to the lady and became part of the collection. You know, I think that uh, lady probably received a lot of uh, letters of appreciation or thank you notes as she boarded many many people uh, in her uh, place of business. But nobody's paying a million dollars for those letters. It's really the nature of the giver of this letter, the givers of this letter, that causes great value when it comes to that gift. And this is what Paul is emphasizing in this passage. It's really the, the nature of the giver that causes this great value in the gifts of verse 11. And we need to appreciate Uh, the giver, in order to understand the value of this gift. Again, our text tells us that we're reading here about a gift of Christ. He is the giver, and that alone gives the gift great value. Paul explains how we know the psalm spoke of Christ in his resurrection and his ascension. As I've already said, he, he talks about how Christ had to come down before he could go up. And this is the Lord Jesus who ascends on high. The descending, of course, was a humiliation of the Son of God, the creator of the universe. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He became a man. He was born a virgin and placed in a manger, right? Uh, He led a sinless life. Uh, He came to seek and to save those who were lost. He went to the cross of Calvary, bearing the sins of sinners, dying in their place. He was buried and he rose again the third day, victorious over the grave. And then he ascended on high. And our text says that from that position, having first descended and now ascending, he fills all things. Did you notice verse 10 says that he might fill all things? I didn't ask Craig at the council yesterday what it means that Jesus fills all things. Um, maybe you can ask him that later. I have a difficulty 
wrapping my brain around that phrase. Uh, he's, he's filling all things now. And I think it means at least this, that if there's anything that he's not a part of, it's simply empty and meaningless and pointless. And it's going to pass away because he fills everything, having accomplished what he did. He's been very generous. He's a generous giver. And this is the giver who gives us the servants of the Lord, evangelists and pastor teachers. He had to die and rise to do so. He had to ascend to the Father to do so. He had to become the filling of all things in order to give these gifts to us. This gift to us. The gifts of our passage were not easily obtained by the giver. And for this reason, we must greatly value them as he does. Your pastor said earlier, it wasn't like we hung a sign outside and said, uh, apply within. I chuckled at that. And the Lord Jesus did so much more than hang a sign outside so that we could be given this gift. A second reason from the passage to value this gift with eternal understanding. We need to greatly value this gift because the recipients are very needy. The giver is glorious. The recipients, us, the church, we are very needy. And our needs are listed here in the passage, aren't they? Look at verses 12 through 16. Oops, get my phone back over here. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so those are our needs. And we ought to value the gift that God has given and the call of this man. Because we are a needy people. We need this gift. Gail's great-grandfather probably did not need the baseball cards that he received to live a healthy life, right? A happy life. Um, They're appraised at a million dollars, but Gail evidently doesn't need a million dollars because she won't sell the cards. She wants to keep them in her family and pass them down to her progeny. Her memorabilia are, in this sense, valuable, but not because they are necessary. The exact opposite is true when it comes to the gifts of this passage. They are absolutely necessary. Paul makes that very clear. Jesus gives us these gifts because we need them. And we must receive them. We must value them, treasure them, 
pray for them, support them, love them, be taught by them. So they are valuable because they're essential, and Jesus gives us uh, these things because we need them. And then he gives us this long list. I'm going to summarize it here. We need this gift because the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry is necessary. The edifying of the body of Christ is necessary. The unity of the faith is necessary. The knowledge of the Son of God is necessary for the saints. Growth into Christ-likeness as his body is necessary. It must be done. Protection from winds of false doctrine and the influence of lies, which are everywhere, is necessary. And our ability even to love one another cannot be done, evidently, without this gift, without these gifts. The passage ends there so that it builds itself up in love. This is why Jesus gives us these gifts. Why he has given us this gift. So we need to greatly value the gift because of how needy we are for him. Jesus has given us what we have come to this evening to receive because we are desperately needy people. But we also have desperately needy people all around us, right? Remember what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. He said, or the passage rather says this, When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Jesus saw the crowds. What do you see when you see the crowds? (laughs) Place to avoid, right? (laughs) That place is too crowded. Look at that parking lot. I'm never going to find a spot in there. Let's find somewhere else to go. I don't like crowds. Jesus could see the crowds. Jesus can see the crowds of Central Asia. And he's moved with compassion. And he says, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would take a little boy from this place and send him there. Because the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. What a heart. And we too need that heart, don't we, to to pray for these crowds that know not the Lord. We have to be moved with compassion. And You have prayed that way, and God has answered your prayer. And as you send this gift out to reap that harvest, continue those prayers. Keep that heart. And so the servant of the Lord is his answer to the prayer of a church, moved with compassion for needy sinners everywhere. 
greatly value this gift as an answer to prayer, recognizing our church's great need for it. And finally tonight, greatly value this gift because it is a gift of grace. Brother Buchanan mentioned the importance of grace in all of this. Look at verse 7. There the text says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Value this gift because it's grace. Grace is undeserved favor. We're getting this gift, but we don't deserve it. That's what grace is all about. You know, in actuality, that $1 million set of baseball cards is little more than a dozen or so old pieces of paper. (laughs) They could be destroyed with one little match, right? Just like the stack of million dollars that uh, the appraiser said that they're worth. What makes them valuable is not what those pieces of paper are in themselves, but rather the imprimatur they bear of the baseball players. And every true evangelist and pastor teacher would confess readily that in our flesh dwells no good thing. There's nothing valuable in who we are in and of ourselves. What makes us valuable ultimately is the imprimatur of God's grace upon our lives. It's an amazing sight. God has saved a sinner. He's sanctified a sinner. He's equipped a sinner. He did that for two of them. And then he brought them together. And gave them a Christian home. He's called a sinner. He's done it all by his grace. He has done it to the praise of the glory of his grace. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to see the glory of baseball cards than it is to see the glory of the grace of God at work in the life of the Lord's servant. Many who would pay a million dollars for that card collection would never lift a finger to advance the ministry of the Lord's servant. They have no ability to correctly appraise a gift of grace. How different should we be who have received grace ourselves? We must be different from these. Greatly value this gift because it is a gift of God's glorious grace. So let this be what moves you to tears. Let this be what your home treasures. Let this be what you desire to pass down to your children. Let this be what you would not take a million dollars for. Craig and Abby are gifts given by a generous giver. Given to us and those around us because of our severe need. And given to the glory of God.